Hello, and welcome to What's the Big Idea? I'm your host, Michelle Tuck Ponder. Today's episode is brought to you by Destination Imagination, commonly referred to as DI, the leading creative problem-solving experience for children. Through DI's innovative, project-based educational experiences, participants gain the skills that will set them up for success in careers like the one we're going to hear about today. Learn more about DI at destinationimagination.org. On today's episode, we are pleased to welcome Gail Bauer. Gail is the president of Bauer & Company Consulting. She's a professional consultant, writer, and speaker with more than 25 years experience in marketing and managing events and festivals across the United States. She is also the author of How to Jumpstart Your Sponsorship Strategy in Tough Times, a title that feels more relevant than ever, which is currently available on Amazon. Gail has also been an instructor at Temple University, a board member for the Frenic New Ballet, and a public relations writer. Now, full disclosure, folks, Destination Imagination is one of Gail's nonprofit clients along with other notable mission-driven organizations like the Philadelphia Education Fund and the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Joining us today from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, please welcome Gail Bauer. Hello, Gail. Hello, Michelle. I'm delighted that you are willing to join us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I love talking about the four C's and creativity in general. Awesome. Awesome. So I'd always like to start by asking you to tell us about yourself and your job. Great. So my job is filled with creativity and collaboration. As you noted in the introduction, I work with mission-driven businesses as a revenue strategist. So I help nonprofit organizations put more money in their missions, and I help businesses that have a social impact or environmental focus put more mission in their money. And um, so I help businesses and nonprofit organizations have a greater impact in a world that we, where we have many more challenges uh, and many ongoing challenges that have yet to be resolved uh, so that we can tackle these issues and bring about a fair and just world and uh, relieve ourselves from, from climate change and other issues that we could be having. That is terrific. Would you call yourself sort of a matchmaker or are you the kind of person that prepares organizations and corporations or helps them understand how to make a good match in terms of sponsorship and support? I'm the latter. I help my organization, my clients uh, be prepared, uh, have a good strategy. I bring more of a a strategic approach to my work. So I help organizations understand strategically what opportunities they have for collaborating with sponsors or uh, growing their organizations or better marketing their organizations and build the capacity of staff members and help them think larger about their work and into the future about their work so they they can do a better job uh, moving in the direction that they want to move in. So I'm absolutely a collaborator. Well, that, that, that's great. You know, I've been in nonprofit work for over 20 years, and you're actually the first person I've met who's framed this kind of work in, in this way and who does what you do. And so 
Can you tell me whether or not there was a particular moment or a mentor or an experience uh, that inspired you to take the journey that led you to your current career? Well, I wish that there, <laughs> I wish that my journey were, you know, were an easy narrative. I've always really admired people who, you know, from a young age had this singular vision about where they wanted to go. But I know uh, that's not you. You've had all these diverse experiences in your career, which I admire, and my career has also been filled with, you know, roller coaster ride of a, of a journey. Um, very wonderful experiences that seem to come out of nowhere. Many fraught moments of angst where I had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, really wonderful people that I've met along the way. But I would say a singular moment that led me in the direction uh, that does it's not going to seem like a straight line. But I remember in junior, uh, between my junior and senior years of high school, I took this four-week summer arts program in Pennsylvania where you study a major and a minor area of interest. And at the time, I was taking piano lessons since, um, I don't know, sixth grade or something. So I was, uh, you know, 11th and 12th grade. And um, I thought I wanted to score films. That just seemed like what I wanted to do. And so I took this program and my major area was instrumental music and my minor was creative writing. And what I learned through this program was a career in music making <laughs> was not going to be my path. <laughs> and I'm not putting myself down, but these other kids were so much better at playing music and mastering their instruments. And they were so much more interested in it. And that was not what I was interested. I realized that that's not my path. However, the creative writing part of it, I loved and I, it was just great. And so I wished I had taken it in reverse, but I know that if I had, I wouldn't have had that big aha moment. So writing was always part of my career from the very beginning. Um, I got through college and I was an English major, but I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and eventually wanted to move into public relations. I, I literally went through the career services books. There were two tomes. This is pre-internet, two tomes. Believe me, every, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listing every job known to mankind. And I got through the first one and I was starting to have my first little moment of angst that none of them sounded like me. So I, I thought, gosh, what if there's no career for me? <laughs> you know? Which was really silly. But then I got to public relations and it involved writing and working with people and a lot of creativity. And I thought, boy, this sounds pretty interesting. And eventually that was my first job. I worked at an ad agency in both advertising and PR um, and then did that for a couple of years, left and uh, made a living as a freelance writer. So I had my own clients doing marketing and PR writing. At the same time, I sort of fell into getting involved with very large scale music festivals, events like the Newport Jazz Festival and the Newport Folk Festival, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, the Essence Music Festival. I worked on both of President Clinton's inaugurations. And um, by this point, even at the ad agency, I was writing, but also um, involved in many other forms of marketing, including corporate sponsorship. And so I worked on getting the sponsors for these events. And eventually another moment of angst, like a little existential crisis, really, I, I became, you know, I just wasn't challenged anymore with the festivals. 
and really thought through where I wanted to go. And I did work with a career coach who really helped me. And then eventually a mentor in the form of another consultant who advised other consultants. His name was Alan Weiss. And he observed that I had a lot of expertise that would be really valuable to the nonprofit sector, uh, which was always looking for ways of generating revenue and improving events, improving their marketing. And I noticed that the ways that they were collaborating with sponsors wasn't as bold as it could be. And that is what led me to the work that I do now. And now I'm you know, in the process of also expanding to work with corporations and businesses that are really interested in having a social, a positive social impact as well. So it's sort of this little, it is quite a journey as, as we, as we discover when we are in our career long, but, um, but there's, there is a through line, I guess. But what's interesting about your journey is that, that you kind of did end arounds. You started with music and then you left music, but then you were sort of peripherally around music with the music festivals. Mm-hmm. But but I think that the, the the takeaway that I get is that you you always reinvented yourself. Mm-hmm. Like when you got to a point that I'm not interested in doing this anymore, you you figured out a way to use what you are the skills that you already had, but to expand it in another direction. Right. And and that that's that's really interesting to me. I think that when you what when you made those changes, what was your greatest fear? Well, I think every one of them was different, but um, I think the the most recent change, you know, which was about sixteen years ago when I became a consultant. You know, I think in each one of those iterations. I learned more about myself and explored and expanded more about myself. So as a consultant, I learned that I'm very strategic. That wasn't terminology that I ever really used. And um, but when I was getting started, it's going to sound absurd now. But at the time, I thought, well, if this is what I was meant to do and there's there there are no clients for me, then what am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> it's like that, that existential, it's really, you know, it's really, and now that seems ridiculous, but when you're trying to reinvent yourself, you know, you sort of shed everything, which is not the way to go about it. Now I've learned that really following what resonates is, is the right path. But when you, when you're making that change, it's, you know, you feel like you're being stripped of everything and, what if no one likes it? <laughs> well, know? yeah, well, and and there's always rent to be paid and and car notes and gas to put in the car and food to put on the table, which are real, real concerns as well. That if you shift direction, and you go and there's no clients. It's like, well, how's that supposed to happen? So, <laughs> right. No, right. yeah, it's like you have to learn to be a beginner again. And there's yeah. a lot of creativity in that beginner place, but it's not a very it's not very comfortable. So mm-hmm. I have learned to get more comfortable, but. I'm still not very good at it. <laughs> well, well, every time you 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 meet someone, you you have to use the four C's. And we talk about a lot about the four C's in DI, collaboration, creativity, critical thinking, communication. 
how did you how do you use them in your daily work and where did you really hone those skills? I think, you know, if you had asked me that question when I was in elementary school, um, I probably would have rolled my eyes, particularly about the word collaboration, because the word collaboration to me in elementary school meant a group project where there was there's always a slacker. <laughs> you know, and I always I always wound up doing the work. Um, so collaboration didn't seem like a very friendly term to me. But when I worked at the ad agency, that really became a strong marker for how people work together. An advertising agency is a very creative place. Um, you know, even the account executives, which is what I was, uh, partly an account executive and partly a, a PR writer, um, even the account executives have to use all four of those skills and be able to communicate that quite clearly. So we have to work with our clients to really understand what they're trying to accomplish and translate that into how does that work in the world of marketing? How do we take what they're trying to accomplish and make that into a public relations campaign or into a, an advertising campaign? And then even more specifically, what sorts of media are we going to use? Is it a print ad or are we making TV spots and where are we going to run those TV spots? And of course, now there are so many choices of media with social media and digital media and so on. Um, but at the time, you know, we have to translate what our client is trying to accomplish and develop a strategy with the people that I'm working with internally, which were art directors and copywriters and the team of people that was buying the media and turn this into a campaign that would actually get results for my client and my clients were, you know, businesses that had to do the same things you were just talking about. They had to pay mortgages and pay their staff members and so on and so forth. So I really learned, um, you know, the critical thinking skills come into play when uh, you have to translate your client's goals and turn that into something that uh, that my my teammates, my collaborators in, at the ad agency can uh, turn into a piece of marketing that's going to be effective. Wow, that sounds a lot like what a DI team does, but we're going we're gonna to continue with that conversation after we take a short break. Destination Imagination is busy behind the scenes, planning an exciting new season of creativity, collaboration, STEAM learning, and a lot of fun for your kids. Your favorite young people can choose from one of seven brand new in-person challenges now when you start a team. If you're ready to awaken creativity and ignite a love of learning in your child, join us today. To get started, visit us at destinationimagination.org forward slash the big idea. I'm Michelle Tuck Ponder, and I'm here with my guest, Gail Bauer, the president of Bauer and Company Consulting Company out of Philadelphia. Um, Gail and I were, were talking about the complexity of, of the job that she had at um, the advertising agency and how it required a lot of the four C's, um, communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity um, in getting um, a final product together. But I'm going to I think I'm going to switch directions and and talk a little bit about um, being self-employed or working independently, um, because I think that's really scary for a lot of people, because basically you're you're an entrepreneur. 
Um, did you always know you wanted to work for yourself? And what kind of additional skills do you need when working as a consultant? Hmm. I did not know that I wanted to work for myself. I had no idea. Um, when I left the advertising agency, I, I left because I had a boss that wasn't a good fit for me. I'll just leave it at that. And um, I was looking around for other positions and there just really weren't positions open with my level of skill, which was to say that the positions that were open required a lot more skill, 20 years experience. And I only had a couple. So I uh, started meeting people who freelanced uh, and I decided to go out on my own and freelance as a writer. And at the time I was, you know, 24, I didn't have a mortgage. I did have a rent payment, obviously. And I just thought, what the heck, I'll just try it, you know, and see what happens. But I just needed to leave. Um, and then I really loved it. I really loved working by myself, working for myself, and mostly working with all different kinds of clients. That's kind of what I loved at the ad agency. At the same time, I uh, wound up working on these festivals. So I had these two things going at the same time and then eventually um, left all of that behind and started the consulting practice. So as a consultant, um, I, I still enjoy working for myself and being able to work with clients that I love to work with uh, and not working with clients that aren't quite a good fit for me. So it, it really is a great fit for me. I, I really like it a lot. Um, new skills that I had to learn. I had to really ramp up the skills that I already had. Writing is a huge piece of what I do all the time. Uh, so I did have to, I had to expand my writing, but I also had to learn to be a speaker. And that sounds crazy that one has to learn to be a speaker, but being a public speaker is something that, that develop, that you need to develop a lot of skill. And even though I had business development skills from selling sponsorship, I had to hone those skills in a different way to be able to, you know, sell my services to clients. And um, so, you know, I had to connect my marketing and business development in a way that I didn't really have to do as a freelance writer. So, uh, yeah, so there were a lot of things that I had to learn. And then of course I, you know, I, as I grew as a consultant, I shed things that I wasn't interested in. So for example, I don't produce events or festivals anymore. Um, and at the same time, I learned more about strategy and learned, uh, I became trained as a futurist at the University of Houston. And so I weave um, strategic foresight into my work with many of my clients, either directly or indirectly. Sometimes they don't even know, but I'm, you know, filtering uh, recommendations. A lot of people in our audience aren't going to know what a futurist is. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So a futurist is actually not unlike a paleontologist. And what I mean by that is that a paleontologist studies what happens happened a long time ago. They take fossils and bones of dinosaurs, for example, and by carbon dating them uh, and, you know, examining these fossil records, they're able to explore and make um, make predictions about what these dinosaurs ate and where they lived and what their 
what their fur looked like or what their scales looked like, um, why they had long necks or if they had long necks. So futurists do something very similar. We don't have physical evidence, of course, because the future hasn't happened. But we look at events and trends and issues coming up uh, that we're starting to notice either as a weak or a strong signal. And we make not predictions, but we make um, for, you know, we make foresight about that. If all of these trends, events and issues happened, what might the baseline future be? Or if something does or doesn't happen, we have the, what's called the cone of plausibility. So there, the future could go this way or that way. And by looking at these possible futures, plural, it helps us build creativity about imagining what could happen and imagining where our our businesses might go, and most especially what uncertainties might be approaching us that we can plan for and and either dodge or take advantage of so that we remain agile. Okay. Wow. So that's that's extremely helpful to, to organizations because mm-hmm. most of the time we're just trying to keep the lights on. And, <laughs> and, that, and uh that while that's great, or we're zooming along and everything's going fine without us ever thinking about what if. And I think the pandemic has taught all of us that asking what if is a really important question for us to ask. So yes. that sounds that sounds amazing. So we are um, wanted to include a new section of our um, inter interviewing and podcast broadcast, and it's called the rapid fire section. And so you're going to be asked three questions um, and you just have to come out with the quickest answer you possibly can. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Yes or no. Will robots ultimately come for your job? No. Is social media the best or the worst? Worst. (laughs) Yes or no. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. That's right. That's what I would expect that from a respectable Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah, it's been so much fun talking to you. And I've got... um, One last question. Well, first of all, I'd love to know if there's anything that you would like for our audience to know before we wrap up. I would say one of the biggest one of the biggest things that I've learned in my journey in creativity and the four C's through my work is to really learn to trust what resonates for you. I think that really leads us down the right path, whether we're creating something or whether we're creating our lives and careers, trusting yourself and taking that next step is always a good, uh, a good formula. Absolutely. Agree with that. And one last question, what big ideas excite you now? I am really interested by this idea of businesses being more committed to uh, their responsibilities as good corporate citizens, not just as a little say-so, but really doing things that are going to create justice, fairness, equity, cleaner air, cleaner environments, um, and a better better life for everyone. So I'm very optimistic about that, but I, I think there are more collaborations ahead. There's more work that we can all be doing and creating a better world. So it sounds really big and lofty, but that those are the really big ideas that I'm thinking about right now. 
Well, so so are we, and we so appreciate you joining us on our program today, Gail Bauer, who is the owner and operator of Bauer and Company Consulting out of Philadelphia. Great. Thank you so much, Michelle. Good luck on the podcast. Thank you. We would like to acknowledge that this episode of What's a Big Idea was recorded on land originally inhabited and cultivated by the Lenape and Shawnee Nations. We are grateful for this land and for the people who have stewarded it for generations. This episode was produced by Kelsey Selleck with additional voiceover provided by Renee Bainville and music by Kevin McLeod. Special thanks again to Gail Bauer for joining us today. And you can learn more about Gail by checking out gailbauer.com or look her up on LinkedIn at Gail Bauer. To learn more about our show and how DI can feel even more big ideas, visit us at destinationimagination.org. I'm Michelle Tuckponder. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to having you join us for future episodes of What's the Big Idea? The U.S. Department of Labor estimates that 65% of today's students will be employed in jobs that have yet to be invented. We have no way of knowing what those jobs will entail, but we do know that the skills that will prepare them for success are the skills that they develop through destination imagination. Hi, I'm Johnny Wells, Director of Education for Destination Imagination. Before joining the staff, I was a team manager for over 40 teams. Being a team manager is still one of the most rewarding experiences for me as I watched hundreds of students thrive and grow. Destination Imagination, or DI, is an international project-based competition that reinforces the four C's, creativity, communication, collaboration, and critical thinking. You probably heard about those skills in today's episode. And DI is the place where kids like yours develop those skills for themselves. Students work together in small teams to create solutions to an open-ended challenge. DI's team challenges fall into one of seven categories. Scientific, technical, engineering, fine arts, improvisation, service learning, or, for the younger children, early learning. A DI team selects one of these seven challenges and prepares a solution to present at a local tournament. Throughout the experience, students create projects, solve problems, build relationships, learn new concepts, and have a great time in the process. We're building the workforce of the future. Today's DI participants are tomorrow's innovators, problem solvers, and leaders. If that sounds like a good fit for you and the young people in your life, we'd love to have you join us. To get started today, visit destinationimagination.org slash learn more.